Hi and welcome to episode 138 of the Mighty Whites podcast. As always, I'm Jack, joined by Casey. Hello. How you doing, mate? All good? Yeah, pre- yeah pretty good, thanks. How about you? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Bit of rushing about because, uh, as will be the case for pretty much everyone, a few people I know have got COVID, including some family members, so there's been a bit of chasing around. But everyone's all right. I just thought you were chasing after the daylight because of your uh, covering the Australian tennis. Oh, yeah, a bit of that as well. Uh, but my work schedule in January is not great. Uh, shout out to, uh, well, technically still of this parish. He just doesn't have time. But Connie, who is laid up and sick as a dog at the minute with COVID, but it'll be all right. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a, uh, it's been a bit of a scuffed week, but doesn't matter because Leeds won, and that's that can fix all that ails you. Three-one win against Burnley. Um, we'll go through the game, but the first thing is just in terms of your mental state, how much better do you feel for that? It, it has lifted a lot of weight off my shoulders and a lot of pressure off our season. All of a sudden, has as that win. Um, the thought of dropping points to them beforehand was I, I I don't know if I've started to think about relegation because I'm still fairly relaxed about it. I have been most of the time but there was that thinking of oh, crap, they've only won once if they win again and it's against us it, yeah. it's not a good look well, obviously, it was at the time. What was it? It was five points. And even though you wouldn't really expect them to get much out of it, they did have two games in hand, which they still do. Yeah. But that was a bit of a precarious situation, whereas now eight points. And you, we do also have to remember that, like, you can't look at those two games in hand and think, oh, but you have to add six points on. I mean, they've won one game all season. Yeah. Um, it would be un- even for Leeds. It'd be unnecessarily pessimistic <laughs> to assume they're going to win them both. <laughs> but pessimistic we are. Um, no, and then it was in terms of getting through the game. If we'd have lost to that team, like it's it's weird because we've done it. We did it last season as well. We just in reverse. Like we played really well at Turf Moor, but played. I think it was especially the second half at Ellen Road was awful last year. Yeah, wasn't it? Was it one nil? But they real they pressed us high and we couldn't get out, could we? I think was that the first time we tried robbing Cockers, the holding midfielder, as well. Maybe I can't remember. The one yeah. thing I do remember is they had a goal chalked off. Well, he blew the whistle for a foul on Melier before the rebound was finished, and it mm. won the foul. Yeah, um, and we've done it again this year. Like poor performance from us at, at Turf Moor. I thought outside of, I'll be, I'll, I'll say the opening ten minutes of each half, and I'm not saying that as in Burnley dominated, but that's when they had their best spells. But outside of the opening ten minutes of each half, I, I don't think they did anything. Yeah, first thing I've got written down is a slow start, but then Leeds got on top. Um, we'll just obviously there was a few chances and stuff, but we'll just get straight into goals. Uh, Jack Harrison, who was much better, um, he's back. Yeah, it presses high. But to be honest, I'd I'd love to say really good pressing won the ball high up. But it was just a shit pass from Tarkovsky, wasn't it? He yeah. just passed it straight to him. It wasn't the pressing. But he brought it under control, drove into the box, showed some like showed some initiative, actual good decision making in the final third, beat his man, hit a decent shot. 
good save. And in the ground, when I first saw it, the rebound on his right foot, I thought he just kind of scuffed it home. But watching it back, it was a better finish than I was giving him credit for. Yeah, he takes it quite well. And like you said, the second attempt and, and keeps his head. It's a nice finish. Very glad for him. I'd love to know, actually. I should try and find this. I saw a tweet that said, I, don't, I think we might have only lost once when he scored for Ellen Road. Or something daft like that. Hmm. Um, so basically, if Jack Harrison scores, we're fine. Yeah. And so does that mean... If I'd have known that before, before that free kick went in, I might have felt better. Yeah, well, did you... Um, I suppose in the normal way that this happens... You always back Jack Harrison first goal, so I'm assuming that on this occasion you didn't. Yeah, no money coming my way this time. I've uh, given Leeds his form. I've sort of shied away from betting on us recently. Yeah, but no, it was a it was a good goal, and we definitely should have been two up at half time. Uh, Roberts had a couple of chances that were decent ones. One where he got put clean through and hit it straight at the keeper, but the the big one was the header. Um, it was an absolute sitter. Yeah, if if you're being generous, you'd say, well, he's done the right thing. He's headed it back across goal, but he's headed it too far back across goal. Yeah. Um, it's a shame his finishing was so off, because his all-around game, I thought, was pretty good. I thought, yeah, finishing I thought, aside, I thought he had a good game. Yeah, I thought he linked up quite well. He's, he's, one of the things you can never fault him for is his, is his effort. Um, no, I, th I think he's doing all right, and, and Bielsa will be pretty happy with, with how he's done these last few games. Um, yeah, so he, anyway, he's injured now. Yeah, he's injured <laughs> at least at least three weeks. Yeah. Um, as you, you mentioned, the first 10 minutes again of the second half, that was when Burnley came into it. The first half, I thought it was that Leeds were a bit sloppy. This, I think, it was the one bit where Burnley actually were playing a bit better. Um, they took off uh, Johan Berg-Gudmundsen and brought on Maxwell Cornet and moved Alan Lennon out wide. Uh, I was absolutely amazed when I saw their starting lineup. For a second, I thought that they were actually playing one up front when I looked at it. Uh, but then either that or Lennon's up front, and I cannot believe they've played Lennon up front with Wood. That was so much easier for Leeds to defend than it would have been if it was Wooden Rodriguez or Wooden Corne or Wooden Vidra. Or Wood. Yeah, I mean, in fact, because if it's just wood, because if it's just wood, we, you know, we then go to back four, and you know, it's, I think it's different then because all of a sudden we're, we're scrambling over who our deep playing midfielder is, and well, it's for sure, but um, yeah, I really do. I must admit, I think Burnley made it easier for us when we needed to, but in the 10 minutes where they did play something like. Uh, they get a free kick on the edge of a box. I genuinely think there was two free kicks the other way in the build-up. I think mm. Ailing gets fouled just before it. And then I think there's a foul on Uente before Uente pulls him back. The goal doesn't really matter in the end because we ended up winning the game, so I'm not that bothered. But Uente got booked for it, so he's now going to miss the West Ham away game in the league, uh, which is a bit of a frustrating one. It's a really good free kick from Corner. Strikes it really well. It's in the corner. But that wall was just nowhere near in the right place. No. It, between the wall, and I don't think Melier covered himself in glory either. I thought it, like, it was close to the corner, but I don't think it went with so much pace that it should have caught him out like that. Not from that distance, because it was like 
I mean, it was over 30 yards out. It was a long way out. Um, and if the wall's in the wrong place, that's also the goalkeeper's fault. Mm. Like, that's it's on the goalkeeper to line up the wall with the post. So I, uh, yeah, I can't have much. Uh, I mean, you know, we won the game, and he's still, for my money, as good a young keeper as you're going to find anywhere. So he's still brilliant, but I, I, it wasn't a good goal from Melier's point of view. Mm. No, not great. But I, and I was going, I was going to move on fairly cheerfully. Then that's because I know what the outcome is. At the time, it was very much a. Oh, for God's sake! Here we like this team that has done nothing, has has created so little, has got a goal that they absolutely do not deserve from this. And you just think if we drop points in this game, mm. like it, it would have been criminal on our part. Yeah, that that was pretty much what the atmosphere was like in the stand when it went in. Just oh fuck, here we go again. Because that Chris Wood had a really good chance right at the end of. Not even right at the end of the first half, because that was the one he skied on his left foot. But there was one from a... I think it was a Charlie Taylor cross, uh, where he was kind of point-blank range and Melier like, was really well-positioned and made a really good save. Mm. That was their only actual really good chance of the game. They only had two shots on target, the free kick and that Chris Wood one. So, looking back on it, we were never really under any threat, but it doesn't feel like that at the time, especially when that goal goes in. Um. But Leeds started to get on top again. And then Roberts went off injured for Gellhart. And the noise when they called Joffy up the touchline. It wasn't even when he was stripped ready to come on. He was doing his warm-up as Roberts was going off. And the second they called him up and he started jogging back up the touchline. Honestly, it was like a goal, but in the League Cup first round. You know that thing? <laughs> That mini celebration, like the third goal against Port Vale. There's a celebration, but it, it was it was more excitement than that. There was a legitimate, like, everyone sort of realised, oh, great, we get to watch him. And Bielsa mentioned it today in his, pro in his uh, press conference. He was saying, like, oh, it's a very rare thing to see a player that can, you know, draw up the excitement like that and things like that. It was an odd one to see. I felt so, a little bit sorry for Tyler Roberts, who'd had a decent game. Uh, and then he got almost like a cheer for, go for going off because of the sub coming on. Yeah. But it was just unfortunate timing. Yeah, I've got here. The hope and expectation Gelhart creates within the crowd is rare and quite exceptional. He's great with words, isn't he? Mm. You can't, you can't, like, I don't know another manager that could, and I don't know if it's just because it's all a direct translation, mm. but I just can't ever imagine another manager putting things in, in such a way. Yeah, It's near it's near Shakespearean, the way he talks about things at times, between liberated passions and, you know, troublesome, pelvis, you know, pubises and... Between Liberated Passions and Troublesome Pubises, I think, <laughs> is a prog album. <laughs> or a sex um, tape. It's one or the other. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, he's out injured. Yeah, yeah, Gelhart, out for <laughs> uh, would, all, would probably have got a start on Sunday. Um, the other change that we made shortly after, uh, Jack Harrison went off. It, it was a bit less, uh, it was a bit less effective 
in the second half and Dan James came on and I thought Dan James had a really good game. Even before the goal, he was able to get in behind. He made really good runs. He put in two excellent crosses with his left foot, uh, the second of which Rafinha missed basically an open goal and absolutely should have scored. I thought he was really good when he came on. Yeah, I found it over. You know, one of the things you sort of expect from Burnley is is a very organised defence, but they seem very easy to get in behind. And it just, it just, I, I, I thought the only one of their defenders that sort of came out with any real credit was Charlie Taylor. I thought he, him and Rafini was quite an interesting battle on the on our right. Um, yeah, but yeah, Dan James, like you say, he got those two two balls absolutely perfect. You know the, the the one that Rafinha misses, and then the ball in for the goal as well, um, which we'll get to shortly. Spoiler. No, the, yeah, the uh, yeah James is really good, and on, as we're talking about the left hand side, it should be mentioned Furpo's best game for us by a mile. Yeah, I saw I saw something quite interesting um, to, from I'm pretty sure it was from Baron Cross talking about him about Bielsa still not being impressed with him which i'm sure bielsa will look at him and still expect a lot more from him in the same way he probably still looks and expects a lot more from everyone but um no by far and away his his best game he he, he looks it's the first time i think i've looked at him and i think he looks comfortable with you know yeah. defensively and going forward and i don't know if that's just because burnley weren't that effective but certainly when he was in possession he he looked so confident I wonder if it helped that he had, and he still obviously had a fair amount, and he won a lot of he won a lot of tackles, and he read the game well, he intercepted well. But in terms of defensive responsibility, that's probably the least he's had because he had three centre backs instead of two, and the winger ahead of him was Jack Harrison, who was probably his most disciplined. Yeah, and for sure was having a good game in the middle, like sitting a bit. So I wonder yeah. if that just gave him a bit more. That made him a bit more comfortable, and because when he drove forward, he really did it well. He played a couple of good balls in behind. He had one really good break into the box, where admittedly the finish was crap. He skied it, but it was a really good run, good intent. Mm. And he uh, he sent Dwight McNeil for a hot dog as well, didn't he? At one point, yeah. which was lovely. Um, but again, like you know, I know Burnley are where they are in the league, but Dwight McNeil's a good player. You know, he's, he's not the easiest player to defend against, but you I can't really think of anything where Dwight McNeil really got the best of him. Or No, he wasn't yeah. in the game, was he? he uh... No. I, and, you know, in terms of creativity, again, like, their probably most creative player for them is, is probably Charlie Taylor from, from that performance. In terms yeah, of someone, in... Who, who, if someone who gets forward, gets the ball into areas where Chris Wood needs them. I thought he was probably the most effective as to yeah, um, but Leeds having been on top, especially the the thing that was one of the things that I was very impressed with is we countered so much better when we did win the ball. We seemed to be at spring a break in a way that we haven't been able to do as much this season. But in the end, the goal wasn't from that. We had a good short corner between Click and Lafinia. Uh It was quite. It was that clever one where I think Scum were the first ones I ever saw do it. But you see a few, you know, where they take it and just walk away. Yeah. And he did just tap it a bit, and then Rafinha picked it up, dribbled it in, back to click. Clicked it on edge of box to Dallas. And Dallas hit a shot that, from my angle in the stand-upper, 
could have been anything from straight at the keeper to 15 yards wide until it <laughs> until it hit the net. It was the worst angle I could have possibly had. But then seeing it back on TV, really good finish. It's it's very nice to say. I think I texted you. I, I think Wayne Hennessy will be a little bit disappointed because I think he actually got himself in a decent position for it without, um, but just do, sort of got stuck on his feet. And I know he's probably seen it a bit late. Um, I thought he probably should have done a bit better. But yeah, it was it was nice seeing us do something a little bit different. And I know you can't do corners like that all the time, but um, you yeah, know, simple simple enough. Just take it quickly. Um, there, I think there was the brief moment between Raph and Clicker that was a bit Chuckle Brothers to me to you, looking at each other until just said like, "No, just lay it off." Yeah, when when we first took it, I don't think Rafinha was expecting Click to do that little tap. Mm. So there was a moment of what? what? <laughs> but I think that indecision probably helped in the end. Um, yeah, especially against Burnley, it makes sense to try corners like that. Because we're not the biggest side in the world anyway, and Burnley are. Yeah. So we, we even if you put in really good corners, you're probably not going to get anything out of it. Now, bearing in mind, our aerial presence is probably our goalkeeper at this rate. Mm. So. Yeah. Um, the, the other good thing that was nice to see is at 2-1, and I know we never sit back, but we have been, whenever we've had a lead this season, we've been under pressure constantly. And in this game, they tried to push forward and all it meant was there was more space for us to break. And other than the Leeds pessimist in my head, looking at the game, there was only one side going to get the fourth goal. And yeah. it was it did, it did was us that were there. And in the end, we got it. Mateus Click, really good bit of play in midfield. Nice little nutmeg pass to Gelhart. Cuts inside. Really good cross for Dan James. Gets in behind. Good header. Yeah, I, I mean, and, I've uh, just had I've just had to look at their team again, to be honest, because in ter- like you say, when in terms of who was going to get the next goal, it was always going to be us. I, I couldn't tell you anything in particular that Jack Hawker, Ashley Westwood did in midfield. No, I, I don't think you ever met, heard them mentioned. No, well, um, Click, Click, and Farshaw were miles ahead of them in this game. Farshaw had another really good game. Yeah, and again, I'm glad for Click as well for obviously, you know, the stick he's been getting recently. And, you know, so in terms of there's some genuine criticism to be levelled at him, not in the way it has been done, but, yeah. you know, it's glad it's good to see him having a game like that. Yeah, he was he was much more like himself. I mean, obviously, we do have to temper this with it's Burnley, but it was a good performance. It's one of the only times this season that I've, in fact, is it the only time this season that we've been able to just get to the end of the game and go, yeah, we'll better side up with whom we won? Uh, you know, there's that or Watford. It's those yeah, but like, two. Watford, Watford had a really a goal disallowed that was a really soft decision. <laughs> I don't remember that now. Uh, corner, remember... corner came in and Melier dropped it. Oh, God, right yeah. In. And I'm not convinced it was a foul. Like, it was... This is there's no nothing we were just better than him and won. Yeah, no VAR in this game whatsoever, outside of their regular checks, but there was no no stoppages for it, which was quite nice. I'm just gonna see if I can I'm just gonna see if I can find it right quick. Because I'm wondering how much that's pushed the relegation price out to. See, we're still with with four to one fifth favourites. Hmm. 
But the other odds, Norwich 1 to 16, Watford 8 to 15, Burnley 4 to 6, Newcastle 11 to 10. We're basically qualifying for Europe. Yeah, it's a. Uh, we're still, obviously, we're still in a relegation scrap and we will be for a while. But we probably will be. I mean, hopefully not till the last day of the season. Like, you would hope that we're out of it by then. But we we are going to be in a scrap this year, but I do think there are teams. There's some really poor teams at the bottom. Yeah, I'm just looking at the table. Mate. I mean, I don't know Norwich had that Norwich... nice little... I was just going to say, Norwich, Burnley and Newcastle have won as many games as us put together. Yeah. And we've been shit. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking as well. The thing that surprised me is Watford have done what we did last season. They've only drawn one game this season, but it does mean they've lost 13. Yeah. But both Watford and I'm looking on Google's Premier League table, so it only shows the last five games. But both Watford and Norwich have lost their last five, each of their last five games. Yeah, and, and Watford Burn, have lost... Burnley, Burnley and Newcastle have both lost three out of the last five. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is Watford have managed to lose all those five while having an informed striker scoring quite a few goals. But did you see how many of their players are going to the African Cup of Nations? Uh, no, the only thing I've seen is that Emmanuel Dennis isn't going. And the rest of the team's going. Oh. There's a lot of them. Um, well, just do what Liverpool are doing the, and get it called off. Like, I mean, I just looked at, I looked today, and, and I do think you shouldn't ever be able to block a player going to a major international tournament. But I can fully see why they've done it now. They've, yeah, because they did miss few. the deadline, didn't they? As well. Yeah, but they've, they've lost a few. <laughs> like, I think they've got five or six that are gone. Um, if Trooster Kong's one of them, it's probably a benefit to them, to be honest. He's shit. Yeah. Well, after that Burnley game, we've obviously feeling a lot better. So on the last couple of podcasts, I've asked the same question. If, are we fucked? Uh, so for a nice change of pace, are Burnley fucked? I think so. I can't see them spending big in this window. And I don't know. I don't even know where you'd start with that. I mean, they they'll have to invest in a new central. Oh no, they've got uh, they got Collins in, didn't they, from Stoke? Yeah, who's so he's highly rated and he's young, but I assume he's I assume he he's who they will see as the replacement for Tarkovsky, who is meant to be off in the summer, isn't he? He's, I think he's on a free. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he goes in January. Cash in. Christ. These American owners they've got don't seem particularly good. So, as lose him on a free, if Newcastle offer him 15 million for a guy who's only got six months left on his contract, I think they'll probably take it. Yeah. Um, and Newcastle might do that. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be so funny watching Newcastle this window. Um, obviously, well, they've had a strong start with the, uh, with the, with Kieran Trippier coming in, who I do think is a good player, but. Was that a permanent like, deal? Yeah, per twelve. Uh, it's like twelve million, I think it was. Yeah, and a lot of money a week, like a lot. And then uh, Villa swooping to get Philippe Coutinho in. That one's interesting. My my, how that career has changed. Yeah, it's a weird one. That if they can get him to eighty percent of what he was at Liverpool, mm. then it'll be a hell of a uh, signing for him. Because I mean, 
that's what I think. Like, um, he's still only 29. He should be in his prime. Yeah, like this should be his peak years, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. Who would have thought scoring in the Champions League against the club you were out on loan from wouldn't have helped you in any way, shape, or form when you returned to the club, and yeah. then a series of managers that had no real interest in using you. No, so yeah, they're like the main. They're two of the three main signings made in the Premier League this season. Uh, in this window, anyway, the uh, the biggest one, of course, is Mateo Joseph Fernandez signing for Leeds United from Espanol. Uh, 14 in 21 for under 19s. Uh, he did win some sort of like player of the year award for that league, mm. for the but again, you can't really read anything into that, you don't know how it's going to translate. Uh, three and a half year deal, which is a show of some faith. Uh, didn't need a work permit because he has British parents, which will have. You know, made the deal a bit easier to do. Go I mean, straight into you, you the. You can tell by the surname, can't you? Yeah, obviously. Uh, goes straight into the under twenty threes, but that might mean he's on the bench on Sunday. <laughs> um. So, okay, see this young lad that you'll have never seen play. What do you reckon? Um, he's going to be the next. Uh. I'm trying to think of, you know, he's going to be the next David Healy. I'll go with I that. I was going to, uh, well, it's that, or is he going to be the Spanish Sam Dolby? We'll never know. <laughs> That's always, whenever I do the Sparkle quizzes now on, um, like, loan signings we made since we since we first got relegated in 2004, it is, like, the Dolbys and players like that who I always... You know, Oli Sarkic and, and the like, mm. who, who I typically forget. And Mustafa Karyal, who... Who I scored know... an absolute screamer in the FA Cup third round. <laughs> it, oh, it, might should... not been third, it might not have been third round. I can't remember. I think it's, it was. It's the other day when they shared his, uh, his debut goal. Everyone I, I know Michael every... Normanson said the same. I've no idea this goal. Like I, I probably, I might not have been in the country when it happened. But no, oh, I, I would have I, been. It's January. I've I have no memory it. of this. The thing is, there's a chance you were there because I was. No, I was. I not. was there. So I'll have either gone with my dad or with you, <laughs> or Connie. <laughs> yeah, not. Uh, I've not a clue about that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, speaking nice of, to have a go. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we don't know anything about him. Hopefully, it'll be some good. And speaking of cup competitions, did you watch any of the Premier League Cup game for the under twenty threes the other night? No, I saw. I did watch uh, Somerville's hat trick as they posted that, and then. Despite all the conversations we've ever had about the under twenty threes, essentially sat there and went. Well, that's the end of that, man. Yeah. Well, I... How did that go? Put it this way, I saw this coming. Uh, yeah, Leeds 3-0 up at half-time, Somerville hat-trick. He was just a massive cut above. He played really well. Him, It was him and Sam Greenwood were both just ripping him to shreds, really. And they went off at half-time. Um, and someone else went off at half-time who was good as well. Might have been bait, can't remember. Uh, but in the second half... We had a very, very, very young defence because all of the under-23 defences were the first team. 
So it was a young team and they just completely ran out of steam as the second half went on. But also, and here's that word that we hear as Leeds fans, God naive. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Sunderland coming back into it, coming back into it, we get it back to 3-2. And at 3-2 in like the 92nd minute, we bombed about eight players up the pitch. And then they just broke on us. And Ethan Cachosa, who is an ex-Leeds player that went up to Sunderland, uh, got on the end of a chance and finished to make it free all. I, as it goes, uh, because of how young the Leeds team was, the odds on Leeds drifted massively. So I backed Leeds half-time, full-time. And it, as soon as they pulled it back to 3-1, and I was watching it, I watched about another two minutes and went, they're, they're pulling this back. I can see it a mile off, so I cashed it out. <laughs> and you could just see it coming. They... Uh, the under-23s have been a bit unlucky this year because if it won't, if the first team had been better with injuries, then the under-23s would still be a really good side in at this level. But they're just missing so many players. Like, the centre-back pairing was uh, Joe Littlewood and James DeBayer. You know, it's, it's young players. I think, uh, Kean... I, I think I'm teaching Joe Littlewood at the moment. Yeah, the... Uh, so it, young it, he is. Yeah, it was a, it was an odd. The second half was not fun to watch, but it's one of those things. Uh, Ali has just dropped a message as he's looked to do. Do we think Furpo's performance were one off, or do you think he's finding his feet now? Will he be a cracking player for us? It's definitely too soon to say he'll be a cracking player. I I can't go that far. I do. I did see Justin. I did see enough of him at Betis that I keep giving him the benefit of the doubt because he did look like a real player then. Mm. Um, so I really I really want him to kick on. Uh, the, the good things in that game is he, he had... He seemed to have all the tools you'd want in a left-back in the Premier League in that game because he, he tackled well, he read the game well, his interceptions were good, he's quick. He seemed to have... He suddenly seemed to not look weak on the ball, which in other games he has done. Um, so I, I really hope that this is the start of a good one of form. Because I think if he gets some confidence, we might see him really kick on. Yeah. My uh, sorry, my concern is looking at the West Ham team, not necessarily for the cup game. Although I'm trying to figure out because who will play left back in that. Um, but is the week after he'll be up against Jared Bowen. Yeah. And that that's will be a tough a, one. That, that that's that will be a test. And if they switch the wingers over, don't worry, then it's just Ben Rama. Yeah. Or Fornals. They're quite good at West Ham. Yeah, well, I mean, they are what, fifth <laughs> in the league. I think um, again, I know this is a previous season, but having last season predicted them to be involved in a relegation scrap and not successfully avoid it. Yeah, well, um, we both did, didn't we? Yeah, they are now sitting fifth. So, because yeah. it appears doing... David Moyes is actually really good at his job. Um, yeah. But the more important one, obviously, is a week on Sunday. They're both Sunday, aren't they? The West Ham games. Um, uh, they they have a midweek game as well. Oh, do they? They've got Norwich. So. Oh, yeah, know. of course they do, because I've got um, Mikel Antonio in my fantasy team. Uh, so, <laughs> I did see that. Uh, yeah, so West Ham away on Sunday in the FA Cup. I think it's definitely on telly. I think it's the ITV game. It is ITV, yeah. Because uh, I, I, I think I asked you when it first got picked, is it, was it going to be Friday night or Monday night? Yeah. Uh, 
But no, ITV have been kind and just said, ah, Sunday morning. Get yourself down well, to London. It'll be fine. Sunday's my first day and night, so I'll probably wake up about half an hour before this kicks off. Um, and don't just want to go off on the same thing that we kind of did with last season's FA Cup. But do you care? No, not given the position we're in. No. It's it. The only issue is, because obviously we would make a lot of changes, I, I would feel bad if we started making all those changes because you're basically crushing the spirits of children at that point. Yeah. Because West Ham do have, all right, all right probably not the depth they'd like up front, but overall the, they've got decent squad depth there now. So they'll be yeah. able to make a few changes. Whereas we, now missing Tyler Roberts and Joe Gelhart through injury, we'll have Bamford. And then probably Sam Greenwood replacing him. Now, you're forgetting Leeds United's main striker, Dan James. Uh, it might well happen. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of players I would like to see. Like, it'll be quite nice to see Somerville start a game. I think he'll be one that gets yeah, hard. I, I was going to bring that up because I, the one that I definitely wouldn't pick, I, I, as much as it feels defeatist and stuff, and I don't like doing this in the FA Cup, but I think in the situation when we've no choice, rest with Inia. Yeah, I mean... Dan, Just Dan put him James, on bench. Either Dan James or Jack Harrison will play and Somerville, I would imagine. Yeah. And yeah, I can live with... Was wrapping Rafinha up in cotton wool for a few days. Yeah. Um, so, how strong a side do you think we should go with? Um, I I actually haven't seen outside of the news on on Gelhart and and Roberts. I haven't seen any other injury news. Well, basically, um, everyone else who was out is still out. So, Rodrigo's still out. Strout's so, still out. Cresswell yeah. out. Shackleton, Cooper, Phillips. So, I mean, you can't, like... Llorente will probably play anyway because he'll be suspended for the league game. Yeah, there's no so, point resting him because he's going to get a rest the following weekend. I would imagine they're probably going to play one up top. So, probably, I I would go with Ailing and Llorente as your centre-backs. Drama. And it's probably got to be Furpo or Dallas, really, hasn't it, for, for left-back. Uh, well, I mean, we don't have any left-backs no. in the under-23s. We ain't got any. So, I, to be honest, because Furpo had that good game, I'd leave him in. Yeah. And Furpo, you have to... Furpo can't be knackered. He's missed... He's missed half the games since he's joined, pretty much, hasn't he? Mm. Um, so, yeah, you'd think he'd stay in. So, you went in early and then... Drama, you reckon? Yeah. Um, I think who else we might lean upon at this point. Well, I there's one man who I really want to see given a chance. Is it uh, Lewis Bate? And fortunately, Connie has just messaged us as well, giving Lewis Bate a run out. Uh, oh, hope you're feeling a bit better, mate. Um, the I, he's definitely he's the one that I absolutely would like to see given a, a start in this game. Um, like there is absolutely no justification in my head for playing Adam Forshaw in this game. No, 
we, he's we just, do it, it, It's borderline miraculous that he's been as good as he's been. Don't chance it for the FA Cup game. Yeah. Um, yeah, you might have you might have to leave clicking though because yeah. Again, or, he's, or, he's, or you he's, pick Dallas. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm trying to think. Like, who who do you play as the holding mid? It probably have to be Dallas. Well, I would. That I quite like the idea of playing bait in that role. I'm less confident. Yeah, I. I. I think long term his range of passing is really good, so I'd quite like to see him back there. Well, the defensive side of things that I'd yeah. be concerned with. Um, but again, as I, as I kind of... I do through... wonder, actually, now you've said that, if it'll be Llorente and Ealing at the back. Oh. If it'll be Llorente and Ealing at the back and he'll play Cock as DM. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the only other way. To, in principle... Based on what we've seen at various times, when he on those rare occasions he's been fit, he does seem to like the idea of uh, Robin Cock in midfield. Mm. So I actually I think it'll be that, and then I'm going to say I'm going to hope for bait and click. Haha! Headline headline writer's dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Harrison and. I'm going to go Harrison, Somerville, out wide. And Pat in the middle. Yeah, because I do think if he's fit enough, he'll start Bamford. And just take him off at half-time or at the hour mark, depending on how he's doing. 30 minutes in. And you know what? That wouldn't shock me either. Because he does that all time. Obviously, that's an instruction. He does that with the 23s. Yeah, that's a Bielsa instruction. It's not a Mark Jackson thing. If he says he's having half an hour, he doesn't bring him on. He doesn't bring him on on the hour mark. He starts him and subs him at thirty minutes. Yeah. So it just... honestly, it would not shock me if Bamford started and went off after half an hour. Yeah. Um. I know I'm not bothered, but I'm also not confident. Oh no, I I don't think for a second we're winning this. I uh. One good thing is there's no replays, which if we did manage to, because it, I, this sounds awful, but it's true. I'd rather get beat than draw and go to a replay. It's, in it's the, the current situation, thing, it's, it's the last thing you want, isn't it? Is an extra game, and especially with us having, um, you know, two postponed games already. You don't want to be trying to shoehorn a, a cup tie-in that no one's too fussed for. Yeah. I would have thought though with how West Ham are going is there the temptation there for them to basically go it'd be great to win a cup if I was in their shoes I, I think they're less players but I think that it'll be a much closer to a full side than we'll be mm. um, the reason if they weren't still in Europe I think that oh, they'd just go yeah. for it I think that they'd just go for it but as much as I as much as I don't think they'll be able to get there, they're only a point off fourth, so they're not gonna if, if they've got any chance of getting in the top four, they've got to go for it. Yeah. And they're still in Europe. So I just I can't see the FA Cup being a priority for them. I think it'll be like us where they'll rest players and rest players, and if you ended up all of a sudden, 
you know, you've got through the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, we should probably start taking this seriously now. Mm. Yeah. I've completely forgotten about them still being in the Europa League. Mm. But yeah, Jesus, they'll have a lot of games then. Yeah, just a few. That's oh, okay. The season's just coming unraveled at the seams with COVID cases. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the. Uh... Uh, Connie's just mentioned about a few of the uh, players that we've been linked with in his chat. Um, there was one floating around about a young lad from Barcelona that I literally saw just before I came on, so I don't know anything about him. There's still little bits of Ben Burt and Diaz going around. I don't see that happening. We're not spent. Why would Blackburn sell him for less than like 30 million in this mm. situation? And we're not spending that. Newcastle might, though. Uh, <laughs> Nandez we're being linked with again, but isn't there something like, isn't he in the shit legally? Uh, I don't know, so I'm not going to comment. By the way, Blackburn also been second in in the championship. Another reason why I can't imagine yeah. they're going to fancy uh, selling their best player, having been out of the Premier League since. Yeah, uh, 2005, he, uh, 2006. Have they been back? Yeah, I've just found it here. Uh, Nandez is denying he ran away from Uruguay to avoid arrest for the domestic abuse of his ex-wife. So I'm going to say that one's probably not happening. Uh, John Swift, I could say that. Uh, good, pl good player, will be cheap because his contract's running out. Uh, we need a centre mid. So that yeah. that one makes sense. Yeah, I like the look of John Swift, and he's uh, he's had a good season so far as well. So mm -hmm. it's quite a good time to to get him in on that front as well. But he's already got a bit of form. We'll clearly need the five weeks required to get up to match fitness levels because yeah, despite playing a half a season already, he's not there yet. Um, because that's that's the other thing is as much as as, as we're ever linked with anyone. We do get linked with a lot of players who are kind of in and out of the team and, and things like that, who it's just not worth bringing them in, is it? Like, it's unless, unless it's someone of a particular talent level where you think it is worth getting them in, giving them five or six weeks and building them up to the fitness level. To get there, but... Ang Angus Kinnear has done his voodoo on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's just not sign anyone. <laughs> uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's not worth it, is it? But like, if you're going to try and sign someone in January, I suppose going after going after players who have six months left on the deal is, is sort of the best way to go. Um, so you know, once we once we get Swift and Tarkovsky in, Tarkovsky, I, what, play, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, we all I said defensively, gonna... defensively, oh. I wouldn't knock it, but God, I'd love to see him trying to to play that football for in the first few weeks. I must have, you can tell he wants that he just knows he's leaving because he's he's dropped off a cliff as Tarkovsky. Uh, and unfortunately, I think our FA Cup hopes will be dropped off that same cliff. <laughs> so I'm going to say, I'm, I think it'll just be quite routine 2 0 West Ham. Um, I'm going to go with a very comfortable 3 0 West Ham win. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'll be um unless it, unless we've I, put unless like Chris Moore starting and then I think, oh Jesus. And that's not a knock on Chris Moore, it's more a case of oh god, all the kids are playing. I know Chris Moore's jumped onto the bench, but Hjeld has been on the bench the whole time, so I think it'll be him first. Oh, I was just confused because I just when I was looking through um the Leeds players on Google, it listed uh Kristen Richard. I was like, how have I never heard? Oh, it's Chris Moore. Oh, is that like... It is Kristen <laughs> Richard Moore. Yeah, mate. Yeah, no idea. Well, uh, I reckon that'll do us, mate. Um, I wish that we could be a bit more confident about the game, but in fairness, it's more about the one the next weekend. Yeah, I'd, tune, love, us, I'd love us to get through, but it's just not a priority. Yeah, tune in next week when we'll be really optimistic. Yeah, where we'll actually talk a bit about West Ham rather than not really bothering with this because yeah. it doesn't matter. And we don't know what sort of side we're going to put out anyway, whereas we do for the league game. So It'll, be, it'll yeah. be a good one. Yeah. Right. So I've been Jack. See you. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit.